Welcome to Party at the All Points, an Age of Sigmar podcast, with your hosts, Dayton Obrey, Jeff Bodine, and Price Vandenberg. Just kind of give you guys a brief description of what's going on. Uh, I myself have been a 40k player for the last three years, and I wanted to turn over into Age of Sigmar. I've always kind of been on the fringe. But this is my one chance to really jump back in and uh, take it seriously. Uh, 40K has been boring me as a state, as the state that it's in right now. And uh, in the team that I'm in, I'm in the BC Battle Brothers. Now, I got a couple gentlemen in the BC Battle Brothers that wanted to join me in on this. And I would like to introduce you to them now. And these are your co-hosts for the show, Mr. Jeff Bodine and Prince Vetterberg. Take it away, Jeff. All right. Like you said, my name is Jeff Bodine. Um, I've been playing Warhammer in its various incarnations for a long time, since probably about uh, since the Bretonian and Lizardmen box for fantasy. So that's like 20-something years. Um, like I said, I've been playing both games, and I'm still pretty active in 40K. Um, and I also do AOS pretty competitively. Uh, my main focus is probably 40K, but, uh, you know, I have... High aspirations for my AOS stuff as well, so I do uh, pursue it pretty aggressively. Um, my two, I have, I started out really with with uh, Stormcast, and uh, right now I'm doing Zinch, and I'll go into those more a little bit later. Uh, Price, how about you? Uh, yeah, uh, Price Vandenberg, I've been in the hobby since I was, I guess, 16, so puts me about 16 years in the hobby. I uh, started out playing 40K, shifted to Warhammer Fantasy, played a lot of Warhammer Fantasy, uh, but I've also played a lot of 40K, uh, and I sort of dived in two feet first in Age of Sigmar when 2nd Edition came out. Um, I have several armies. Um, we'll kind of get into those later, but right now I'm playing a lot of uh, a lot of Cities of Sigmar. Um, I, I'm really passionate about the game, played as often as I can, um, kind of our local ringleader, if you will, at our local store for Age of Sigmar. Um, I worked for Games Workshop for about eight years, uh, which was a, an eye-opening experience, uh, but a pretty enjoyable one. Um, and now excited to kind of hop on and talk a little bit about Age of Sigmar and offer a perspective from like a part of the country that doesn't get talked about a lot for Age of Sigmar for Jeff and I down in the south, uh, and just to represent uh, BC Paddle Brothers, uh, you know, playing the Age of Sigmar side of things. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to take this way a little bit and just let you guys all know that this is going to be a Canadian podcast, as I myself am from BC, and Jeff and Price Price. are from, uh, they're down in the States. Now, Jeff, you're from Tennessee, correct? Yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. That's where we're both at. I am from Memphis. I'm from uh, just across the state line in Mississippi, as I'm sure you can tell by my accent. So, Jeff, now, do they refer to you as the Duchess of Diet Coke down there? Uh, no, mostly just Bodine, but, um, you know, you do you, bro. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to point out with Price is that because he's from Mississippi, he is highly uneducated. It's so true. I graduated Try to take from, it easy on him. <laughs> I graduated from Mississippi Public uh, Education High School, so uh, not great at math. Uh, you know, I'm lucky that I formed coherent sentences, uh, but I'm still better than Jeff at Age of Sigmar, so. Oh, is that a fact? I think so. <laughs> yeah, to give you a little bit of background, I myself am still fairly new to Age of Sigmar. 
Uh, Jeff has been in and out of both systems for quite a little bit of time, but price will be our main info for Age of Sigmar until we get there by the year, year's end at least. Uh, I myself have been playing uh, 40k since I think my first box set I got was the Space Marines and Orcs. I can't even remember what edition that is. I think that's Blackfire Pass, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, and then for fantasy, I had the Bretonian and the Lizardman. Oh, so you're right the there first with me. Box set. Yeah, yeah. Old man. When I grew up in a small town, I really didn't have anyone to play, so I just kind of collected, read the rules, painted my minis, and kind of played with whoever came along. But I wasn't there actually into the tournament scene until about three years ago, and that's pretty much, that was my addiction, was when I got into the tournament scene. And I actually realized there's like-minded people and some uh, good people out there, so I really wanted to keep up with that. But to kind of continue this thing going on, uh, we're kind of going to give a description of what we're going to be running for this year and uh, what we're kind of expecting. And that's the whole general idea of this podcast is we're going to be following along with us when we're competing in tournaments. And uh, that's when we'll be giving updates. And you're going to kind of see how the three of us do for this year for Age of Sigmar, especially myself jumping into this kind of new. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you take us away with what you got planned? Okay, um, I was saying earlier that I have two armies, and I really started with Stormcast, and I have a pretty big uh, collection of those guys, and I've played them pretty competitively, about as about as constructively as you can with those guys. Um, I've got a lot of strong feelings of disappointment with the current book. Um, but I've won a couple of road, road Trader tournaments with them, um, and I took them to NashCon last year, which is a GT that's held in Nashville annually. And um, I ended up going three and two. Uh, but one thing that I'll say there is that I had barely even really played the game at yeah, that it was, point. It was so a really was, good showing for, for somebody who hadn't played a ton of games. I was yeah. just kind of getting into it. I thought you did a, had a really good, really good. Yeah, outing. every opponent I played, I had never played their army before, ever. So it was nuts, but uh, so that that kind of led me to the conclusion that I have a reason to be optimistic about my odds for doing better than that. Um, so I kind of right now I feel like I've taken Stormcast as far as I can go. They kind of are like early eighth Marines where they're just they just can't compete, um, not against the best of the best. And so I switched over to Disciples of Zinch recently. I have not taken them to a tournament yet, but I've been kind of participating in a slow grow league at our local shop, and I can report that they are disgusting. And they are so good at just the mechanics you use to win the game. You know, they're a very different feel. They don't, like, I'm not blowing anybody's boots out, but they're just, like, I just build such a ridiculous lead early that I just, like, close it out, turn three, you're gone. You can't Yeah, so if you need anyone to hate on this show, feel free to contact oh, yeah. me. He will be the one that will be sucking everyone's tears at tournaments with the change host, I assume. <laughs> yeah, so I got a little bullshitty list. It's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now uh, as far as what I'm playing. Now, my next big event is probably going to be right now on the books is NashCon. There's not really a whole lot of events in our area at the moment. I'm hoping that's going to change. We're going to schedule some RTTs in our own area and do it ourselves here pretty soon. There is a small little event in two weeks that I'm angling to get my army painted for. And that is actually no small feat because if you know anything about Zinch, and I'll go over it more later, they have an atomic shitload of models. 
So yeah, but can't a, you just use a like, lot of work. Can't you just use shifting colors on everything and just be done with it? Dude, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I set myself up to use uh, contrast paints for Games Workshop, that new line of paints that they put out, like, what, about a year or so ago? Anyway, uh, the contrast paints, it's my plan, and so far it has been executed marvelously. Those things are a heaven send. And um, they're going to get my paint, my army painted for me. Uh, and that's my current plan. I've got one, I've got a half of a full unit of the pinks and blues and brims painted. So it's a lot more to go, but uh, I got my Lord of Change done. So, well, Jeff, why don't you tell us what's actually going on in your list? What's going to separate you from oh. all the other douchebags that enter into the <laughs> tournament scene? Uh, my charming personality. <laughs> supply right. of Diet Coke on hand for anyone. That's right. Anyone. I'm going to bribe. I'm going to make them feel better and lull them into a false sense of security by offering them a drink and then hoe them so bad that they don't know what happened. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my plan, uh, my li- I'll go over my list real quick if you want. Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump right into it. But kind of give you a little bit of head tip into Jeff. The first time I ever met him was at LVO this year. Oh, yeah. And he was playing Sisters. And he, we're talking with him. Every opponent for the first three rounds, he just kept talking about them like that. Yeah, they're they weren't really the nicest people. It was kind of not the greatest experience. So then he ended up playing a guy that I know in the fourth round. And after their game, I went and talked to my buddy, and I was just like, "Hey, uh, so like, what kind of guy is Jeff? Like, is he just an asshole? Like, when someone's having three bad opponents, I start to think that you're the problem, and they're not the problem. <laughs> but it turns out." No, he spoke highly of you, man. Like you were, you were on par. You play straight, but uh, yeah, you weren't so much of an asshole. But you just didn't really give him enough smiles, I guess. Oh, <laughs> Jefferson, well, you know, Jefferson is a naturally intense human being when he's playing games. He uh, he zones in, um, which is part of the reason that I enjoy making fun of him when we play games when we do. So, yeah, I, I get a lot of my practice reps against Price, so. Um, we have many, many games where we um, hurl endless insults at each other. But so okay. yeah, get back into that list. Yeah, this all is, right. Uh... So back to the good stuff. My list. Um, <laughs> the shitstorm. <laughs> okay, so first of all, it is a uh, it's a change host, which is one of the battalions, and that is uh, eight various types of horror type units, and then a Lord of Change. So that's nine units total. Um, and I have my, my Lord of Change, uh, passionately named Harvey, because he's a bird man, so he's Harvey Birdman. Oh, man, that's um, classic. It's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Uh, I can actually credit Price with that idea, because uh, he was always going on about Harvey Birdman, and then it hit me, and I had to make him. So he's got, like, black patches around his eyes. So he is Harvey Birdman. Um, and then I have um, – I'm doing the Eternal Conflagration as my um, my host. So what does that um, do for you then? The Eternal Conflagration increases the rend on the missile attacks for oh, every single horror. thing with fire keyword. Yes, like rend. well, it basically it's it affects the flamers, the exalted flamers, and the horrors, and then the change casters, which are like the pink horror heroes. Um, yeah. So it gives them an extra point of of rend, which is just absolutely insane because. Uh, one thing you'll run into, there's nothing that's super high quality as far as hitting. Well, most things are not super high quality as far as hitting. No, I've you, seen your paints. 
<laughs> um, the dice you need are not very good. So what you have is tons of volume. But this now adds a little bit of quality in, and you want to talk about barbecuing people. It's gross. When you get your buffs off, you're hitting on fours, winning on fours with 30 shots, uh, and it's AP1, or red yeah. one. Flamers, flamers with rend are really gross, because flamers are natively, I think, like threes and fours and threes go down to threes and threes, can go to twos and threes with buffs. Um, and their D3 damage, and like their one kind of thing that keeps them from being gross, especially in the current meta, is no Rin, but Eternal con yeah, Conflagration. Oh, Lord of Mercy. Conflagration. There we go. Um, Mississippi Public High School. Uh, it really shores <laughs> up that one kind of weakness of the yeah. unit and turns Flamers into an absolutely devastating shooting unit. And the, well, exalted, I mean, the exalted Flamer is already AP1, or Rend 1, so that puts him at Rend 2, which yeah. is kind of a nice little boom, bet you didn't see this shit coming. Well, it's the and, massive range in an army that's going to fuck people, right? Well, as you start eliminating this, support heroes, that's kind of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that army, actually, that i found so far in my playing is that they have a base move of 5, and most of these deployment zones are 24 inches apart, and they have a ranged, uh, range uh, of 18, so I can never shoot turn one. But the Flamers, they have a nine-inch move, so and they yeah. can fly. So they let me get close enough while the other guys run in order to get into position. Because my army is all about taking all the objectives first thing. And, like, making you fight me off of them. Um, but those Flamers are able to move without running and lay shots on somebody that are quality. And I can get... I'm going to be hitting on threes or twos pretty regularly... With them, and it's just it's grotesque. I can lay down a massive beatdown on turn one, and this is with none of my spells ever being in range. And you're really gonna not... throw the horrors into someone right away, too. Well, the horrors are gonna run out and kind of screen the whole map out, yeah. like they're gonna just take the position. Like, what I'm what I found that I do is I reserve one of my CP to make sure that I get a six on a run so that I can take an objective. And um, Harvey has good moves, so he'll just kind of move into position. It's, it's turn one is about generating summoning points and getting into position and taking all the objectives and just saying, okay, now try to get rid of me because every one of those units is 50 dudes, and if you crap out and have one bad combat and you leave one pink horror alive, I'm going to bone you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's particularly gross because the board control on it is monstrous. Like, it just, it allows you to take so much control of the board in such an effective way, so. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I'm able to teleport a unit, and I have, um, so I'll, I'll go over my list a little bit so you can appreciate what's going on. So I have a unit of six flamers. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to laugh when you said appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got uh, six flamers, one exalted flamer. That's two of the, of the eight required units. I have two units of ten horrors. Ten pink horrors. Now, those pink horrors uh, explode into 20 blues, which explode into 20 brims. So that's actually 50 dudes. Um, so <laughs> ten of those, and they're, they're 200 points for that 10-man unit. So you definitely pay for it, but that it's got a lot of nested durability. Um, so that's, another, that's four. And then I've got um, the blue scribes with this list. Because I lost, uh, I don't have the ability to reroll my casts with this one natively. So that's part of... Party, Really, what he does is uh, allow me to reroll my cast with his one spell um, for everybody else within 18, so it's pretty strong. So the Blue Scribes, and then I have um, the uh, 
the changeling, and he's very key to going out and you know taking the board. And then uh, my last two units are two units of three screamers. Those are those stingray looking dudes. Um, and they're just um, a minor degree of character sniping and blocking Objectives. up. Yeah, but really more for like blocking up those gaps in between units so you can't just move around. Um, and just kind of putting myself in position. They're actually surprisingly hardy. They have three wins apiece. Yeah, um, three so units of three you're running? There's two units of three. So I two have units of three, yeah. Yep, yeah, I have the eight units and then the Lord of Change. And then my last item on the, my army is a Gaunt Summoner on disc. Uh, and he's actually a uh, he's actually in the Slave of Darkness book. But um, he yeah, so actually, does he does he get to summon in the horrors then, or is that just the comes, ones with the silver tower? He, he comes with a free ten man unit of demons of your choice, and yeah. you know you obviously pick the the pink horrors. So I actually start out with three units of pinks instead of just the two that I paid for. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Is I'll create the his unit first thing, and I'll teleport one of my units over to take probably the farthest away objective or get into range so I can shoot. And then I'll have the change the changeling pop up right next to him so they're supported. Because the the Zinch army hovers around very very much so with character support. Like they they get a lot of benefits from being within twelve of heroes. Um, and are you running uh, endless spells at all then? Uh, I have one endless spell, the um, Burning Sigil of Zinch, and it has it's that one with the random effects. But um, it's something that I can cast on turn one and actually be able to, you know, hurt an opponent. Yeah, and it, there's one in there in particular that I really hope that I get on turn one. It's the one that messes with your movement. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so hoping for uh, hoping for something means you're going to be not getting it at all. Oh, I've never gotten it. That's not the point. <laughs> it's, it's in there. The benefit it's, is that there's no there's no genuinely bad result on it. Like for yeah, the most I, part, you can position and use it effectively. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's another cast for summoning points, and you know, takes up real estate. So. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes if I'm playing the right person, there's one of the effects in there is you do D3 mortal wounds, and if you kill a model, you gain a spawn. And they just basically, you can tie up some big unit in combat without having to do anything and make them kill it. And it's pretty annoying. Like, that'll work great against a unit like, say, handgunners. That is, uh, handgunners don't love that. No, they're going to hate that shit, and it's going to make me laugh and laugh. So then what are you going to bring with you to tournaments? Then you know, get people like candy bars or like a drink or... You know, I usually <laughs> offer people drinks. That's that's my go-to of choice, just to kind of soften the blow a little bit, and I try not to laugh too loud. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, what are you planning on uh, taking for tournaments this year? Like, what's what's on your schedule? Um, well, like I said, I know I have NashCon coming up, and I got a thing in a couple of weeks, and my I'm going to be focused on playing Zinch until something. You know, all right, what I'm prepared to do is I, I suspect that they will be rewriting the Stormcast book soon. Um, and if they do and it has some legs on it, then I'll probably switch back because I do love my Seraphon or my uh, my Stormcast. They are they are the army that I was most drawn to. I'm, that's just kind of my normal, you know, jam is playing the kind of mainstream faction. But uh well, anything you just do with a rattle can, I mean, that's you gotta appreciate that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I yeah, a lot of my army started out with just uh, priming gold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I painted them. I have mine painted as Hammers of Sigmar, so you know. But um, when's the Nashcon then? Uh, as you know, I'm from British Columbia in Canada, so I don't actually know when Nashcon is. So don't yeah. talk like everyone knows about this. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, I couldn't remember the date, and I figured the price would help me out there, but I guess I was wrong. No, uh, that's what I was looking at. Um, because it moved this year. Uh, yeah. last year it was in August. Yeah. Um, but I think this year they bumped it up. Actually, no, it's gonna stay in August. It's gonna be tail end of August. Uh, okay. again this year so um yeah so i've got some time i'm definitely i know we're gonna fill the void with our own tournaments at the very least yeah, there's a couple other ones um that are coming up uh at least like there's one in huntsville that we can do because that's a relatively close drive um so there's a couple options as far as as far as some yeah. stuff locally that we can kind of pick up but like jeff said we are a bit barren for larger events in the southeast for uh, for Age of Sigmar right now, but we'll we'll get that built up. Like it's just a process of getting people excited and playing the game, and you yeah. know, going from there. Well, man, that sounds great. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, all the people that are going to be cursing you out in tournaments. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happens, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the I, game's not broken. Like, don't blame the or so the game's broken. Yeah. Don't blame the player. GW I mean, put that I, in your I, head. I am using totally legitimate stuff, and I and I'm not the kind of player that looks for horse shit loopholes. You know, it's just not in my brain. It's what? not natural for me to do that. So I'm just playing shit that's straight out of the book and it's pretty easy to interpret its validity. So Yeah, what I like to do is I like to go up to, especially if I'm going to turn it with Jeff, I like to go up to his opponents before he meets them and plays them. I'm like, hey, man, just so you know, this dude you're about to play, real asshole, so just watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so a big cuddly bear, man. He takes hugs like no other. Yeah, yeah. I am a hugger, so if you want to you want to bring it in, I'm all for it. All right, Price, what you got? Um, yeah, so uh, right now I'm playing Cities of Sigmar, uh, which is an absolute blast for me. I'm a list writer by by nature. I love to just sit down and write army lists. So Cities of Sigmar is probably the best book that Games Workshop's ever written in that respect. Well, there's like uh, a I've, couple options. That's it, right? Uh, yeah, you know, just a few. <laughs> it's only got like the most War Scrolls out of any book in, except for maybe Stormcast, but I think it even beats Stormcast for volume of War Scrolls. I just want um, to point out one thing. Sorry to interrupt you, but you would not believe how butthurt the community is on Cities of Sigmar book and how completely ass wrong they are. Because that, that book is so good. It is so strong. And everybody is like, this doesn't work at all. This is, it's total nonsense. That book is really good. If you listen to or watch, like, Honest Wargamer stats, for example, they talk a lot about it. Cities has, like, two pockets, right? Like, there's a big pocket of people who are two and three type, like, who are playing with... They basically took an old fantasy army, they were playing dwarves, and they just decided to play dwarves again. And that doesn't really work. And then there's, like, a top-end pocket of people who are taking, like... The, the, the list has taken first place, second place, it's taken podiums and stuff like that, who have leaned into and are playing Cities of Sigmar as a mixed force army. Um, right now, I'm playing Living City. I'm playing really heavily into um, Living City has a command ability called Fade into Shadows. So what it is is after unit shoots, you can use a command ability, uh, and then you can that unit can move after it shoots. Uh, in theory, I think it's supposed to represent like hit and run, where a unit shoots at you and <laughs> runs away. Yeah. I use it with uh, Dracoths uh, from the Stormcast book, uh, Desolators, who have axes. Uh, and I shoot their breath weapon, and then I charge into people uh, instead. So I guess I'm fading into your shadow rather than some other shadow. Um, 
but yeah, so I'm playing that. Uh, I'm also looking a lot at Tempest Eye. I've got a list that runs 40-ish Iron Drakes uh, with some other things that I'm pretty excited to try out. I'm probably going to play that against uh, Jeff this Tuesday. Um, give that a go. Um, but yeah, for me, City of the Sigmar is, is kind of the go-to. It's it's a blast. It's the kind of thing that I really enjoy playing. Um, Tournament-wise, Nashcon for sure going to go to Gen Con as well. I've got a friend who's going, um, and I'm going to make that trip. Indianapolis isn't a bad drive. There's a tournament in Huntsville that I'd like to go to. That's my only concrete stuff, aside from what we run locally, so Rogue Traders, uh, local one-day type events. So it's kind of my slate for the year, and I'll be playing Cities of Sigmar. Uh, unless something crazy comes out that just really – just really grabs my attention. Cities of Sigmar will 100% be what I play for this tournament season. So, Sorry, Price. I got to jump right in there just for those listeners that heard the dog barking. Just to let you all know, we are recording in front of a live dog audience. Oh, so shit. When I left the room to go take a piss, he had to let everyone know that I had to leave the room and take a piss. Yeah, you know, he's, he's on the lookout. He's doing his job as a dog. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, box bark. But yeah, I, I kind of went through Cities of Sigmar is what I'm playing. Uh, talked about the tournaments that I want to go to and how excited I am about playing Cities of Sigmar. It's the kind of book that'll keep me really enthusiastic about the hobby for... Uh, God, I mean, Jeff knows. I've, as soon as that book came out, I was all over it, and I've not been not excited about playing it since it came out. So, I mean, the only restriction is the models that you can get, right? Right. Everything's uh, not everything, but a lot of that ranges direct. We have a really good local game store that just opened up here that will direct order anything that you want in. It may take a little bit of time as far as getting it from Games Workshop, but they have no problem ordering whatever you want to ask for, right? Like if uh, I need to order a uh, uh, Dreadlord on Black Dragon, which is a direct order only item, and they'll order it for me, no, no questions asked. And we're in Memphis, so... The GW distribution facility is here, so we don't, it doesn't take us quite as long as some other stores might to get our product. Fuck him a show. Yep. Yeah, War Room uh, Hotties. War yep, Room, room Hotties. Um, here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he does do, I think, online sales. If you Tons checked. of online sales. Warroomhobbies.com. Warroomhobbies.com, one word. Yep. And that's our, that's our local shop. It's a really great shop. If you don't have somebody you're supporting right now or if you want to – it, or if you're in the area, if you happen to be listening to this and you're somewhere in the Mid-South, please, you know, catch up with Jeff or myself on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, it, we'd love to have you come play games with us uh, and come hang out at the shop. Or if you're coming through, it's definitely well worth we're swinging by yeah. and taking a look at. Yeah, I'm, on, that I'm note, on Facebook I'll be as doing well. That. Also, okay. just my name, Jeff Bodine. So. Yeah, I'll be doing a Facebook group, obviously, with the uh, podcast. So cool. if people, for the one listener that's listening to us, you can get a hold of us at hey, Facebook. Buddy. If yeah. you're around, just shout at us and we'll play you. It's all good. <laughs> so, Price, any changes you're going to be making to the list? Like, what's planned on for this year? You got some tournaments um, going? Or? Yeah, so going to NashCon, GenCon, and there's a tournament in Huntsville, who, the name of which I can't remember. I think it's like Chaos GT. Uh, I learned about it last year but missed it. I want to make it this year because Huntsville's a pretty easy drive for us. Yeah. I, I'm not 100% if I'm going to go Living City or Tempest Eye yet. Um, I, I think it'll probably be Living City because I think it's a great counter meta list, especially for where the meta's at right now. Like, Null Deploy type lists do really well against some of what's going on. It's one of the reasons I know Deep can, are a consistently good army. It, eels are great, yeah. and being able to Null Deploy Eels lets you just 
get around a lot of the bullshit that's going on, right? Like, you're not getting uh, Bone Reaper catapulted off. You're not getting you know, you're not getting double Bastilladon, you know, trash shot off the table. It lets you dodge a lot of that and pick the fights that you want to pick, which I think is really important. Yeah, one thing I want to talk about, just real quick, just to explain Living Cities and why it's so gross. Um, you can put units basically in reserve and then come in off the board edge anywhere where there's space. So what that means is it paralyzes your movement. You have to, if you don't want somebody coming in behind you and potentially taking your objectives, you have to block them out on the back board edge. Yeah, so and I it's take, really strong. Anything I, like that is a game-changing mechanic. I take units too that you really don't want showing up behind Ooh. you. Dreadlord on Black Dragon, Ford, uh, unit of Ford Desolators. I also run in my list specifically to add on to the theme of making you make decisions. I run two uh, Grunstock gun haulers from Keratin Overlords. That's the smallest boat. The reason I do it is that they have the fly high, fly high ability. So every turn in my movement phase, I can pick them up and put them down anywhere else on the table more than nine inches away from my opponent. So it just gives me one more tool in my toolbox that forces you to commit units to objectives. It keeps you from being aggressive. Uh, I like to play lists that really mess with movement, make you make choices, uh, and create opportunities for me to exploit you know, bad positioning or bad gap management on my opponent's part. So you're going to run a lot of endless spells then to fuck with that? Uh, I don't in this list. I have before in Skaven. Uh, in this one, I run uh, my three big ambushing units, which is a unit of four Desolators, Dreadlord on Black Dragon, and a Celestial Hurricane with a Battle Mage. I run two Grunstock, Grun, excuse me, Grunstock Gun Haulers. Uh, I also run a unit of Shadow Warriors, which effectively, uh, if you play 40k, they can deep strike. Uh, they pop up anywhere on the table more than nine inches from an opponent. Uh, a very effective shooting unit. And then I also run a unit of uh, Tree Revenants from the Sylvaneth book. Uh, they can teleport every turn. Um, so, in effect, I've got three units that can move every turn anywhere on the table. And then re-roll a die as well. Correct, yep, re-roll. And it's nice because it's re-roll one die, uh, which is a very rare mechanic, but it lets you re-roll one die for a charge. So if you're making the charge, oh, you're only re-rolling one dice instead of both dice, which helps make that a little bit more reliable. Or if you make the charge, yeah. you're re-rolling a hit or something. Yep, yep. It's, uh, uh, the, the list is designed to play objectives really well, which for those of you who are listening who play a lot of Age of Sigmar, you obviously know objectives are king. If you're getting yes. into Age of Sigmar, one of the most important things to to learn is stuff is really a it's not an important because it's a huge part of like playing the game, but objectives are how you win the game. You could table your opponent and still lose a game on objectives. So. Yeah, the purpose of killing a unit is to make holding objectives easier. Right. Or that, that is, that is why tied, you do it. if you're tied in scores in a tournament, that's actually gonna dictate yeah, your placing. That is I, yes, it's that's uncommon true. for it to come up, but it's definitely a thing that happens. You should still kill stuff, right? Because if you kill stuff, your opponent can't kill you back, which is... They, they can't know, hold objectives. Always and... a plus. But yeah, definitely, it's just one of those things uh, Jeff was talking about. We're running a slow girl at the shop, so we've got a lot of new players coming in. And a thing that we really try and teach them and help them get a, a firm grasp on, even as they start the hobby, is how to play objectives, how to move for them, position for them and play towards objectives, because that's what's really going to help you win games consistently, is keeping that in the front of your mind. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. So, uh, you going to be changing that list a lot this year, or are you going to be sticking pretty hard with what you got? Or 
I think I'm going to largely stick with Living City, uh, but I will continue to write lists every day. Like I, I'll sit at work and write three more lists tomorrow for for three different Living City or for three different Cities of Sigmar armies because it's what I like to do. Most of my practice was Living City, and I think that's what I'm going to stick with. But I might really lean into this Tempest Eye, depending on how it plays against uh, Jeff on Tuesday. If it gives me, uh, you know, a little bit of the gives me a little bit of temptation there, I might might be tempted to to change gear a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. So it'll it'll depend. Um, I tell you what, I don't know if I've ever played Price with the same list from him twice. Like he he does little tweaks all the time. So it's, I I don't know whatever incarnation he's got now. I would honestly be surprised if it's the same one that ends up at NashCon. Like I, I would seriously doubt it. He'll something he'll find something that yep. will just be super awesome and it will it will provide a minor counter to however the meta has evolved by then because everything will change and tweak a little bit. Yep. So he'll find something. I guarantee it's not gonna be the same. Um, my list will probably shuffle a little bit, but um, like I said, I mean I'm probably gonna stay in book. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, like, I tend to, when I make a change, it's because I feel like the army isn't going to let me achieve my goals. I'll try to make it work as long as I can. And if I feel like it's just not competitive against something and I, there's no way I can scheme my way out of it, you know, by either by playing or by making a tweak to the list to get better balance, then I'll dump the book and I'll find something else. But um, I guess on the side, I'm kind of like thinking about ogres and dicking around with a list for them. But, uh, that then nothing has coalesced there. So uh, my two armies are that I play with any kind of consistency is going to be uh, Stormcast and, and Zinch, and I'll be sticking with Zinch for the foreseeable future. So Price, you got like what ten thousand points painted on your bench, or what? Oh yeah. Lord, um, I've got so much, so many boxes of stuff that uh, Cities is is a blast because you just so much of the range is available to you that you're just occasionally like. You know what? This looks really cool. Can I make this work? Uh, right now, I have a box of um, Desolator sitting on my desk uh, that I'm I've got the the Dracoths put together in, not the Riders yet. I think I'm gonna paint those up like Astral Templars, and I kind of really want to convert up my Dreadlord on Black Dragon to be a Lord uh, Aquilor, who's the Ranger Captain in Stormcast, and he'll he'll be leading those guys as kind of my story or my background for the way the army will work. Sweet. Yeah, you're going to have to post some of that stuff. When I get the Facebook group going, uh, we'll make sure we post our armies up and say any uh, hobby progress we're making, too. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, right? I want everyone to know what's going on and at least be able to see what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And so you can see the shit job that Bodine's doing. <laughs> Bodine's a machine, man. That dude puts oh, dude, man. He'll put out a 2,000-point army in three days. No yeah. problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, my uh, my feet for uh, my feats for LVO were legendary. So, but you know what, man, my my sister's army for 40k, it is ready to rock. I gotta paint six assault weapons, and I got them primed this morning, and I'll get them done in a couple of days here. All right, all right. There's another podcast for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll cover that another time. <laughs> Dayton, how about you, man? What's your what are you what are you building this year? What are you gonna go to? Obviously, yeah. you're uh, a little bit away from where we are, so yeah. So a little bit yeah. of a different venue. It'll be it'll be interesting because we won't all be talking about the same shit. No, big time, right? I mean, the only time we're gonna see each other is at the majors and yeah. uh, LVO if Bryce can make it this time. Yeah, I'll be there yeah. this year. 100%. It'll happen. It'll happen. So I jumped into uh, Age of Sigmar last time and I hit my first tournament down in Spokane. I was running Night Haunt. 
and I had a super hoardy list with like 80 chain rasps and 30 grimgrass and the matriarch and a bunch of like casters and a bunch of endless spells. So I kind of shut down the board and just drowned you in bodies and took objectives. And I ended up going two and one in that three day tournament, but I didn't kill enough because the army doesn't kill. It just sticks around. So that was kind of like my big change where I kind of want to have something that was a little bit more competitive. So I was bullshitting with a bunch of my buddies online who are much better gamers than I am, uh, especially one Alex Gonzalez of uh, Wide World and Gaming, Wargaming. And uh, I wanted to jump into Flesh Eater Quartz because anything undead really appeals to me. So I, uh, I ran a list that he gave me just to kind of get my feet on the ground. And that's going to be uh, a Flesh Eater Court Blister Skin army. So uh, right now I'm throwing together an Aberrant Arch Regent, Aberrant Ghoul King for that one punch. Uh, another Aberrant Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. That's my punch, sorry. And then the uh, Vargul Cartier to give all the summons. And then for my battle line, I got uh, six, six uh, models of Crypt Flares, 20 Crypt Ghouls, 10 Crypt Ghouls, and Crypt Horrors. And then I'm going to run the uh, Royal Mordants for the extra movement. And then the couple of endless spells that I got is the Chalice, because everyone has to have a Chalice when you're doing Flesh Eaters Quartz. And then I'm doing the Horgast, which I had to buy the $110 box for one model, which I'm not bitter about at <laughs> yeah, all. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, real, a real investment for one endless spell. I feel the same way about it, uh, Soul Screen Bridge, though, so I feel your pain. Yeah, I mean, you use those at some point, maybe, but... So the whole idea behind the list is it's a lot of movement, it's quite a few bodies, and then it fucks with your morale. So it blows down your morale and drowns you in mortal wounds if you don't have the morale to keep up with it. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, if I'm playing against demons, well, whatever, then I'll just fight them. But uh, anything like Skaven or uh, even the Seraphon that are coming out, they may not have the leadership and they'll just uh, drown in the mortal wounds. But I kind of wanted to play something a little bit different than just rushing forward with the five big models and just throwing mortal wounds in your face. So I, I really like board control. As Age of Simora, that's kind of a theme. So I wanted to stick with a, uh, an army that would cover that really well. So as you guys are keeping up with the update, I just got this army assembled three weeks ago. And I've been scrambling to paint because I signed myself up for a tournament next week in Calgary called uh, the Crusader's Call. Unfortunately, it's not going to be ITC, but it's going to let me bounce my list against a couple people and uh, kind of get my feet on the ground a little bit. And then I'm going to plan on keeping that army list going for this year. I mean, I'll make tweaks. The same thing with 40k. Basically, when I jumped into 40k, I kind of netlisted a Necron list, realized I sucked, and then I jumped on a Chaos. <laughs> next Chaos. And then... I kind of refined as I went along and got something I was really happy with <clears throat> that's unique, but I know how to play it. So that's kind of what I'm going to try to do with this Flesh Eater Quartz. Because, uh, I mean, those models are dead sexy, too, they are. for how old they are. Yeah, I love that range, man. I mean, I was really thinking about them for a Death Army for myself, but um, I'm going to let you have that turf. Well, I'm no, super you, happy you, that... You're going to fringe. That's fine. I'm just super happy <laughs> to play Blister Skin instead of... Uh, uh, Hell, I forgot the name of the one that's all monsters. I, I, uh, Grizzle Gore. I like Grizzle, Blister Skin yeah. a lot. I love the command ability. The ability to pick a whole unit up off the table and just put it somewhere else. 
there's some games in Age of Sigmar that will 100% win you games. To me, that's absolutely awesome. I mean, that is what I'm talking about. Strategically with movement, it is so big. Any well, pro, any game pro will tell you that movement is by far the most important thing you can do in a game. And uh, that ability by itself when makes you want to want to pick that. Well, it stacks really well, right? Because blister skin alone is two inches on every single movement of your units, awesome. Awesome. which is insane. Very and then good. the uh, the Royal Mordants allows the Vargul to shoot someone in the hero phase mm-hmm. their movement. And then uh, for the spells, I got the uh, Spectral Host. So, or sorry, Deranged Transformation. So I can make those flares additional movement six. Yeah. Which is just gnarly. So yeah, yeah I, I'm looking forward to that. I've been painting my ass off. <laughs> my I got kids, I got dogs, I got a wife, I got responsibilities, and I've just kind of pissed them all to the side, and I am painting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got the, I, I got the wife, but she's very understanding, so uh, I, I get a lot of liberty. So yeah, I don't like to be the guy at the tournament that shows up with an army that's not painted. So, oh, uh, to me, you can't. You can't. Like yeah. for the for the most part, you cannot be at a tournament without painted shit. So, I got a lot of work to do for my damn zinch. But uh... so I'm gonna be hitting this uh, Crusaders call. Um, other than that, I gotta start scrounging around. Like even the Crusaders call, I gotta drive three hours to make it. <clears throat> I gotta like call up one of my friends and bounce on his couch for the night. And Spokane is probably my closest destination. And that's four and a half hours away, but they do a, a lot of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, that's, so a, to... that's a big scene there. So it's a drive, but at least you got somewhere that's doing quite a bit of stuff. At least I can do it, right? And yeah. uh, so I'll be trying to hit as many lists as I want to try to get at least five. And I, the major I got planned, I haven't told the rest of the boys this yet, but uh, I'll probably run Age of Sigmar for Attack X in Calgary. Okay. And uh, oh, right. uh, Dispossessed Dan makes it that one. I had yeah. a lot of good bullshits with him. He's a fucking wild animal. Those Aussie men, <laughs> those, those guys are crazy. Yeah. He's uh, he's ditching the dwarves though this year. Uh, I think LVO was the last time he's going to run the dwarves. So it'll be interesting to see what he rolls with next. What, what did he have? Fire slayers? No. No, no. Uh, he, dispossessed he just runs Dan. Like, runs just runs like dispossessed actual dwarves. dispossessed. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah he shows up in like a really flashy work. suit, whereas <laughs> I'm running around with a speedo, so he really shows me up. <laughs> but yeah, well, you, know, I'll, uh, you know, Price, we uh, we ought to see if the Nashville group can host some RTTs that we can go to. Yeah, it's they have an odd scene because like they have people up there who play, but it's a very like uh, it's it's not coalesced, right? Like it's a very like there are pockets of people. Um, I talked to several of them, but it's it, it's one of those things where it's just like, I hope, I, I really think maybe in, I don't know, May-ish, I want to try and run one at the shop um, and get some of those guys to come down so that we can start building that back and forth rapport. So, um, but, And then, of course, there's some uh, new excitement in Age of Sigmar coming up sometime in the near future So, um, with, with Seraphon, which I'm pretty excited about, so... Yeah. yeah, so we'll uh, we'll roll right into that then. Uh, we just want to do a quick talk on what you guys think of the new Seraphon that just came out this week. Or, oh, sorry, coming out next week, but yeah. already pre-released this week. Kind of already been leaked, but the, the, the codex, I'm sure, a lot of you interested parties have probably already peeked at. Um, and I may have made kind of my position pretty clear. Jeff, I, it's, it's, it's fucking dinosaurs. Who isn't interested in dinosaurs? I know, like, right? I'm like a 10-year-old kid, like, what dinosaurs do you like? 
shit, yeah. man. I got so many dinosaurs I like. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, this one, this one is like a game fan's dream come true. This, this, this army is so aesthetically pleasing. But uh, for me, like, I am so drawn to, you know, oh, the Slam Buddy and the Starborn. Um, being able to have that every turn, teleporting a, mo- a unit, and being able to summon units is so strong. And now that the, the, the book has kind of evolved a little bit to where it's now, it used to be, I think Price actually made kind of coined this phrase, and it's very, very good. It was a summoning army, and now it's an army that can summon. And so now that summoning is a little bit less like... Tone down. That's the only way you have to compete is to summon shit. You got a lot more tools. Yeah, so now that the toolbox is a little bit opened up, I really like being able to harness that summoning that you can do. And that mobility is just going to be awesome. And yeah, I realize that Starborn will take a little bit of a hit on offense. But um, I I really think that's where I'm going to... I would hitch my yoke if I were going to play those guys. Uh, the Bravery 10 is very nice. It encourage, it lets you get away with a couple of smaller units that, you know, if they take a couple of wounds, aren't going to run off on you. Yeah. Price? Yeah, I, um, super, super cool book. Don't know that I'll play it, uh, but I'm super involved in AOS. I, I read stuff all the time, constantly talking about stuff. And we have some uh, new Seraphon players at our shop. Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, I think the book's super cool. I've, land on the other side as Jeff. I like the Coalesced a lot, just because I think there's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, the neat part about the book, regardless, though, is that whichever way you want to play it, like if you want to summon, you want to go slam, you want to go magic, it's very good. Or if you want to go Coalesced, you want to go big monsters, kind of stompy, fighty. It's also a very good book. There's a lot of really neat tools in it. Um, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have, have taken a look at it in some capacity and have seen some things that they like and some things that maybe they don't love. But uh, obviously, Salamanders are a huge standout. If you are oh. thinking about uh, Seraphon and you haven't had a chance to look at them, oh, give those so guys ridiculous. Salamanders are good. I want to. It's, it's like, D three for days. Yeah, yeah. and AP two D three three. I mean, they're really good. Um, one combo that I want to point out that I really think has some. Oh it's shit! An early He's got the Dicoke in him. He's going. Yeah, <laughs> it's an it's an early combo, and I haven't seen it done, but I think there, there's a potential on paper is that serpent staff and a big unit of skanks with blood pipes generating mortal wounds. That's a very nice, that's a very nice right on the surface. First thing I saw potential combo. That's real nice. The book has a huge amount of, it's going to generate a ton of command points. It's got like a ton of the characters generate command points at the start of the hero phase on anywhere from a three to a five and sometimes on multiple dice. And it's got the command abilities to use them, which is really awesome. It's got access to nearly every combat buff in the game that you can think of. It's got bonuses to hit, to wound, rerolls to hit, to wound. Uh, sixes do mortals, and sixes explode. So I think Asarith Death Star is a pretty cool list. I like Jeff's idea of the uh, the Skink Priest staff and a big unit of Skinks generating mortal wounds at range. I, I think it's just, generally speaking, a really cool book. And I, if you're a Seraphon player or you're thinking about getting into the book, it's got to be a pretty exciting time because there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to explore in that book. Yeah, well, think about a, that. Jeff, sit down. Uh, oh, my bad. My there bad. are a hard counter <laughs> to uh, Iron Jaws right now too, right? With the ignore the one damage. Yeah, um, it helps a lot. Damage weapons. Yeah, it just ignores the war chan- the first war chanter buff. Um, and if you've been on the receiving end of 
just a big unit of Ard Boys that have plus one to hit, plus one to wound, and plus one damage. It's gross. But Seraphon can just ignore that, you know, that goes back to damage one, which is a pretty big deal. Oh, that's huge, man. And they got the bodies to fill it now. And they'll lay a lot of attacks out of all those Source Warriors. And there's just a real nice combo setting up. Like, like you take those guys, like I was talking about, and then you also have that terrain piece. It's a garrisonable terrain piece. So those guys can go in and be plus one save, minus one to hit. And you actually have a pretty big footprint because you measure from the the actual temple thing, and the, the skink priest will be able to go in there and activate its effect as well. Mm-hmm. So there's just, I, I'm really I'm really digging it. There's some really easy to seize on surface combos that are at the very minimum are a nice place to start with a competitive list. Yeah, really. Well, they, like, they got area, area of effect uh, oh, yeah. or wounds out of the yin-yang. Especially, yeah. and then the uh, the endless spells that are theirs, so no one else yep. can touch them, is a super unique rule. The fact that they can turn all negative modifier for terrains in their own area to positives, so it doesn't affect them. Like shit, like that is really crazy. Uh, yeah. It's a really cool list. Or you can do the whole Grisagor thing and just run a bunch of big dinosaurs, which are all sold out, by the way. <laughs> so don't even try to scramble for that. Yeah, list. don't bother. People are jumping yeah, on that. You're, real you're, gonna quick. Have to, you're gonna have to deal with Games Workshop availability for a bit on Seraphon. Talking about the the spells, one other thing I wanted to toss in really quickly. There's a really cool Skink spell that uh, they can cast at an endless spell and make it bound for the for the turn, which is really awesome because basically they can cast and steal your endless spell and they get to control it for a turn. Which is kind of dismaying for me because I've got that endless spell. So I'm like, you know, do I even predatory? It doesn't. Have, it doesn't work. Oh, again. okay. Well, good. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the bound endless spell stuff is only for predatory endless spells. Okay. Uh, and I think like the bail win, but uh, if it's not a bound, it, uh, don't quote me on that. If somebody listens to this and yeah, so what is it's, me, like... it's it's the moving right? You just yeah. can't move their spells. Right. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. And, that's and that's pretty you, annoying. That's really yeah. bad. <laughs> what, it makes Purple things like annoying. Purple Sun amazing. Yeah. yeah 50 points. Gross. 50 points. Yeah, they got a lot of AoE in that army. Yeah, sure. it's interesting. Like, um, their, their endless spells cost a little bit more than everybody else's, but, yeah. um, but you get the benefit of not having to worry about them turned against you, which means um, if other people can't control them, that means that they, that encourages you to take more than one. So, I... I'm just looking forward to creating as much confusion as possible where when my opponent casts Geminids, I'm then going to cast my Geminids right next to his Geminids. And then I'm just going to be like, oh, whose Geminids is whose? It's your turn to figure it out, buddy. Like, <laughs> just to disrupt as many Lizardman players as possible. So, so you're uh-huh. assuming that no one paints their army. Uh, you're correct. I, I'm just going to, you know, uh, hope that they all paint them in the most generic Geminid paint scheme that exists. By the, by the book on the... Yep. On the yeah. Just disrupt them. It's not going to work, um, and I also would have to take the endless spells that they take. So, you know, this is a pipe dream, but uh, trolling people is a... The opportunity hobby, so. is worth it. Oh, the biggest thing we could be stoked for, though, is it's another army out there, right? And that's the really nice thing about Age of Sigmar, as opposed to 40k, in my opinion, is what you come across, you're going to come across it all, right? Yeah. Because the armies are so much more appealing. It's less meta-chasing, other than boating. Boating! But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's really cool to play against RBs you haven't seen before. Yeah, and just, uh, uh, they have legs. They're going to be good. Yeah, the pace they've released armies is pretty amazing, and it it means that if you go to a five round tournament, there's a really good chance you're playing five different armies. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that's awesome. So, like I said, I got the uh, tournament coming up this weekend. I'll. Uh, the plan is we'll do another podcast after that. We'll kind of bullshit about my event and how it ran. And then uh, one of the bigger things I uh, I missed on talking about in this episode is the people that inspired us to actually come out here into the live world of the web and uh, add our voice to the whole system. And myself, I want to jump out to say hi to the Honest Wargamer. Uh, Rage of Sigmar is a really good listen. Those guys get a little random on their tangents. but uh, And then also the wide world of wargaming. Uh, with Alex Gonzalez, who helped uh, help me out with this list. I think it's one of his teammates' lists that actually did this. He did went eight or no, sorry, he went like 14th at LVO, but still, that's wow. a huge showing. So really oh, yeah. Not- well, that's the nice thing about the Flesh Eater course, too, is they're not in the hot right now. So that's another good reason to jump on them. You know, yeah. I don't I, I don't want to be another Bodine in the in the pool. So, uh, <laughs> they were really good, but you'll see That's less fine. of them now. That's fine. I'll just and have then, to me and my trophy will just have to keep company for each other. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> can talk about all your winnings after. Don't worry about it. If, if only Bodine's wanna... dad had said I don't want another Bodine in the pool, but you know, uh, we got what we got. Yeah. So That's cool. Man. And then I want to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Paul Murphy for uh, Ford's narrative as well. Took a big interest in our uh, podcast. He wanted to add Thank us in, but uh, unfortunately, we're a little too adult for him. I think we use some adult language, so I don't think we'd be uh, right for his podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, it's my fault. we can always we can always appreciate different uh, different mentalities. Um, uh, in line with that, um, I'd like to shout out Just Saying the Just Play Wargaming podcast. Uh, if you can deal with Liverpool accents, it's a phenomenally informative Age of Sigmar podcast. comes out almost every week, depending on what they've got going on. Uh, and then uh, Bush Radio out of Australia um, is another really great one that, uh, that I listen to. Um, if you like listening to guys get drunk and talk about Age of Sigmar and kind of meander between competitive and what's going on in the world of Age of Sigmar, that's a good one to listen to. Sweet. Jeff, what do you got? Excellent. Uh, well, I do not actually consume all that much AOS media right now. Uh, that's something that obviously needs to change because you gain, you gain a lot from this. If it's not just perspective uh, on what's going on, ideas for lists, um, there's a lot to be gained from consuming that, and I don't actually consume really any AOS media right now, but um, I'll find some and I'll have something uh, meaningful to say on that subject next time around. Well, if anything, it's people that you might run across in the big tournaments, right? And that's yeah. the same thing with other listeners yeah. out there. The one guy who listens to us, that if you see us at a tournament, feel free to come by and shoot the shit, man. We're all Absolutely, good absolutely. I mean, like, I, I tell you what, at NashCon, I was running my Stormcast and I had a really unique list and some of the guys from Price, help me. That's out. Rage of Sigmar. Yeah, it's Rage, the one that Rage uh, of the Sigmar. The Dayton shouted out. Yeah, Rage of Sigmar, and they came and talked to me and told you know, and, and we had a brief conversation. It t- they took a lot of interest in what I was doing, and those guys, you know, like they did a great job at that tournament. So I, if anything, I will double down on the endorsement of those dudes because they were awesome, <laughs> and um, it was fun to meet those guys, and I had some great opponents at that tournament, man. Holy cow. So I got so. one last question before we uh, send everything off is uh, for my co-host here. Now that we're part of a podcast and people are going to be listening to us, 
How many times are you going to throw that down in a tournament and just be like, hey, just let you know, i got a podcast I'm going to be talking about. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a podcast guy. Uh. I feel like if you don't do it twice around, you're really missing an opportunity. Like, I'm, I'm sure you know me and you're just holding back. It's fine. No, you got to be slick and you got to be real sly about it. Be like, hey, man, not to brag or anything, but I'm going to be talking about this game on our podcast. You might give it a listen. You just got to, you know, presumptuously. So. Good job there. Well, the biggest thing for me is like when people question me why I'm wearing a dress, why am I in a speedo, <laughs> why am I swimming in a fountain? Oh, it's because I got a podcast. You guys should really listen to it. <laughs> why do you drink so much Diet Coke, Bodine? I got a problem, man. The Duchess. Why does the Duchess drink so much Diet Coke? Because he has an audience he has to appeal to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're going to try to find sponsors well too, by the yeah, way. I've been, I've been looking. Yeah, we got to get a Diet Coke to sponsor us. There you I'm go. Try, yeah, I peddled the product enough. <laughs> I got a buddy that uh, makes his own cider. I'm trying to get us to sponsor him. So if he does throw us a little uh, shout out, we're going to be uh, sending ciders down to Tennessee. Uh, I'm oh, down. I love cider. So. Hey, man, I'll, I'll absolutely drink it. It'll be great. All right, kids. Well, I just want to give a good night. Thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, this is Party at the All Points. We're going to try to come back at you every time we run a tournament or anytime we have a big hobby update or if there's any big major news. I'd just like to say goodbye to my co-host here. All right, this is Jeff Bodine signing out. Thanks, guys. And this is Price Vandenberg. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Excited to kind of enjoy this journey with you. Yeah, and this is uh, Dayton Ober here in BC. I'd like to remind you, this is a Canadian podcast about Age of Sigmar. Don't worry, get it confused with all the other accents you hear from my co-hosts. All right, kids, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Kick back and just be myself Enjoy the good times and enjoy the hell